And we like to say lives changed rather than just like people getting jobs. Cause for us, it, it is a lot more than a job. Um, like it, it's, it's, you're not moving across the street, you're moving across the world. Um, and usually moving from a country or a city where, you know, you're leaving there for a reason, right? You're leaving there because you don't want to be there anymore. Today on Afternoon Tea, I'm super duper excited to have Ilya Borotsky um, from Van Hack join us um, to share some of his adventure. Let me just set this up first, Ilya. So Ilya is the founder and CEO of Van Hack, based in Vancouver, BC. Van Hack is one of the world's largest tech recruiting companies. It has a network of over 100,000 software engineering, design, and digital marketing professionals from all around the globe. Its mission is to help international job seekers connect with employers abroad. To date, over 500 companies in Canada, Europe, and those United States have used their recruiting services, and over 1,000 IT professionals have been hired through VanHack. Ilya is also a facilitator and mentor at Spring, where they empower entrepreneurs, investors, and entrepreneurial ecosystem organizations to change the world through innovation. Wonderful to read that. Ilya, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here, Chris. Fantastic, fantastic. So tell you what, let's let's start with the basics. Can you tell me about Van Hack? Give me give set up the backstory of Van Hack, if you please. For sure. Uh, yeah, so so Van Hack uh, was a accumulation of many different uh, failed ventures that I had or, or ventures um, that, that uh, didn't go as, as I'd hope, maybe better say that way. Um, in 2012, I uh, quit my, my job and then moved to Brazil to work in uh, the startup industry. Actually, to volunteer for a nonprofit in the slums of Rio, and wow. ended up, um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a stereotypical kind of millennial thing to do. I had a cushy <laughs> my job at a mining company, and um, anyway, that's a that's a whole other thing. But uh, I ended up getting connected to this startup accelerator called 21212, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, basically connecting American investors with Brazilian entrepreneurs, trying to be the YC tech stars for, for Brazil back in 2012. Um, and there I met a lot of tech professionals, um, kind of my first foray into software or startups, um, learning what programming it was and, and kind of all, all, all the startup world. Um, and a lot of them were really interested in, in, in working abroad. And a lot of them were kind of asking me questions about Canada since I was, I was Canadian or I am Canadian. Um, and when I came back to Canada in 2014, after, as I mentioned, things not, not working out uh, in different ventures, I worked in ed tech companies there. Um, I thought about how do I can help these people. And a lot of them can message me on, on different social media channels and, and ask me for, for tips or advice. Um, threw up a landing page using uh, another great Vancouver company, Unbounce. Mm-hmm. Um, got, got a couple hundred people signing up on, on, uh, on that, which really blew me away. Um, and the original idea actually was not to do what we're doing now. The original, original idea actually was doing a lead gen for Lighthouse Labs and, and the Code Core. So helping mm-hmm. Tam and then Jeremy get more students, um, which didn't work because a lot of the students, like the, the, the fee was high and the visa was difficult, et cetera. And then we pivoted to, uh, to an idea of helping, um, developers with their soft skills in English. So we helped them with the resumes and understanding how to do job interviews and things like that. And that started up, started working really well. Um, getting a lot of people like signing up and buying, actually paying for something, which was exciting for me. Um, <laughs> Cause I hadn't really had anything where, you know, customers would, would pay you. And, and we created, started creating a student community. Um, and about a year into that company started asking us, Hey, do you have a, you know, Ruby developer or a unity developer or senior react developer? 
Um, well, back then, React wasn't that popular, but you get the point. And um, started making introductions and, and uh, realized that we can actually charge employers as well. Um, and then kind of moved the business much more focused on helping companies hire senior tech talent that they, you know, for roles they can't really fill locally because, um, you know, the Amazon and Microsoft's of the world and all those other companies are, are hiring uh, a lot of senior tech talent um, and and uh, then giving companies access to, um, you know, kind of a, a global approach to hiring and um, helping them build diverse tech teams as well. So that's kind of the short, long version of, of how VanHack started. <laughs> very, very cool. So, so, I mean, I love, I mean, we've all got the, the, I, I never call them failures because not failures. They're 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 guidance, you know, of how yeah. we find our voice to where we are now. Um, yeah. Now you're you're a very international fellow. I mean, you're talking about you know going to Brazil. Um, you went to yeah. university, I believe, in New York, right, Cornell? Yeah, upstate New York, Ithaca. Yeah, Ith- Ithaca. Pardon me. Um, and well, so no, you've Cor- got a lot of Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I believe so. You 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 speak Portuguese because, uh, or I believe I believe you do. Yeah, I learned it when I moved to Brazil. I didn't I didn't speak mm-hmm. Portuguese when I moved there, but I spent four years living there. And I guess now it's been 10 years that I've been speaking Portuguese. My wife's Brazilian, my son's half uh-huh. Brazilian. So yeah, follow up with the case. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I was I was just wondering, because you're dealing with so many international people and you have such an international flair and feeling, do you do you feel like um communicating with them is much easier? Do you do you feel like you can understand their story and their needs uh a little bit better through that? Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, I, I distinctly have memories of when I was living in Sao Paulo, which is the biggest city in Brazil and kind of the mm-hmm. metropolis uh, economic center of the city. I think something like 20 million people, huge um, city, very, very um, complicated or busy city uh, as mm-hmm. a result. Uh, sitting in traffic on a bus um, and like taking 40 minutes to drive something like five kilometers or something crazy um, mm-hmm. and, and just being very, very frustrated with the experience and kind of being like, don't forget this moment because like this is what it's like to live in Brazil and probably many other you know, developing countries. And, and it's not just the traffic. It's uh, you know, more serious things such as safety and um, mm-hmm. you know, education system and all these kind of stuff. Like Brazil is one of those places that's really nice to visit and not so easy to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of places like that around the world. So uh, actually, and, I, and, and to your point, like the language, the language part, we actually started in Portuguese. I honestly, mm-hmm. when I started that hack was just a side project that I thought maybe I could pay my rent or pay like part of my rent with. Um, and, and, and so it was, and it was just, and I think that's, it's kind of why a reason why it worked because it was very focused because it was just for Brazilian engineers to move just to Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. so like the, the first landing page I talked about that on balance page was in Portuguese, all of our content blog posts were in Portuguese. It was really just like, yeah, like this would be for Brazilian developers. Why would it be for any other, any, any, anyone else? So that's how kind of how our, my, my mindset was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we evoked up eventually, like, uh, as you mentioned, over hundred countries, but yeah, the Brazil, um, or having that experience, having lived abroad, um, definitely helped me inform like the pain and understand the pain points of, of, of the, of the target customer. For sure. For sure. I, I remember, and this is probably way little, it shows my age, but I remember in 97, 96, I flew into Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those times where, and I, I had done a lot of traveling, but it's one of those times where I was shocked that as you're descending into the city, you're like, hmm, skyscrapers. And you're still <laughs> going for 10 minutes going, huh, skyscrapers. <laughs> it is a monster city. I, I like to explain yeah. to people that, I mean, I've done a lot of South America. I like to explain that you don't think of these cities like North American terms. You think of them in Asian terms, especially yeah. something like Sao Paulo, because it's yeah. it's a very different chaos that you'll see yeah. in North America, but it's a beautiful yeah. chaos. 
because of it. But 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 I agree. I think um, um, experiencing it instead of you know having the day to day probably has some positives. Um, but but I'm, I'm glad you got to do that. Well, so so tell me the name Van Hack. Then is that you know because you were focused so much on bringing people up from Brazil to Vancouver? Is that where that you know the birth of that came from? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it really was just as simple as that. Like, I remember, the, I think the first landing page URL was something like, like, unbound slash van para devs. So, like, van hack van Vancouver for developers um, was like in Portuguese, right? Again, it was mm-hmm. Portuguese at the time. So, and I was thinking like something that could represent like developers in Vancouver. That That's what it was. So, and then, and then like one night, I remember lying in bed and just it came to me, van hack. And I was like, well, because of Van City, the bank, and you know, Van City mm-hmm. generally people call it Taco Bank because Van City. Um, so I, I went and I checked out the, do, the domain, and it was available. And I was like, okay, sounds like a good name, two two syllable.com, easy to spell and remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for the longest time, I I, I wish I'd actually thought thinking about changing the name because um, it, you know it's very limited to one city, and especially in Canada, and especially at Toronto, Montreal, people think we're you know we we still get people that oh we we don't we like companies still say, oh, but we're not hiring in Vancouver, right? Like, or something like that. Mm. But when we, we went over to Europe and, and that's later on, you know, we lived in Europe for a couple of years and everyone thought we were Dutch. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the, the Dutch kind of banned something, right? Dutch, Dutch name. And I believe mm-hmm. uh, Captain Vancouver then was a Dutch explorer, right? So um, Vancouver comes from, um, yeah. So um, the, the now the way I kind of describe it is it's a van, like a mo- like a van that moves developers. Ah, a van, very good. Van, a van that moves hackers. And maybe one day we'll have like, you know, the logo change to a little van logo or something. Um, but it is about movement of talent. Um, so a virtual van that brings you hackers. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You've definitely envisioned it. Well, well obviously, I mean, I... I, I I didn't know about Van Hack until um, you know we got to chat and there yeah. was I would say I mean if I could have changed it I would have now um, you know had the, the of course the hackathon Van Hacks um, yes, yeah. and you know so we've we've talked we've talked over that and you know um, I've always wanted to figure out a way because um, I really like the name and I'm really glad it's a business I, I and, and a thriving one. Um, so, so anyhow, I, I, would like to say too, you know, good minds think alike in, in, in yes. that way. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah. well, you know what, I mean, the name is behind you, the, 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 the big number 1000 plus lives changed. Can you, can you tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that number? Yeah. So, um, in kind of, I don't know, typical startup way in the beginning, uh, of, of that hack, I, 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 like, did a very simple thing and created, created a Google sheet and started counting the number of people we got hired. Um, it was more just a way of keeping track of all the people, you know, all the success cases and, and wanting to uh, be able to say like to anyone, if they ask the question, Hey, does Van Hack work? Uh, yeah, it does. Here's everyone who got hired, what jobs they, they got hired at and what kind of like what cities they moved to, et cetera. And, and if you want to get in touch with any of them, go ahead. And, and so it was, it, it was just a way to do that. And then, the number kept growing and growing and reached 100, 200, 300, et cetera. Um, and then it started getting kind of like an exciting, exciting thing once we got, we got close to 1,000. Um, and at the end of last year, I believe it was December 28 or 29, uh, 2020, um, we, we hit the 1,000 higher mark and um, it, was, it was an exciting milestone internally because, um, you know, it's a, not a huge number, but it's also not a very small one. And it's kind of... Um, yeah, and we like to say lives changed rather than just like people getting jobs because for us it, it is a lot more than a job. Um, like it, it's it's you're not moving across the street, you're moving across the world, um, and usually moving from a country or a city where you know you're leaving there for a reason, right? You're leaving there because you don't want to be there anymore, 
Um, so um, it's not like someone going from from Switzerland to to to, to Germany, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a little bit different. So yeah, it, it, and me personally, like having moved from the Soviet Union when I was when I was two, and then uh, to Israel, to, and then from Israel to, to Vancouver when I was five, and growing up as an immigrant here. Um, like I know the impact it can make, and and so it's 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 a thousand uh, lives changed, of uh, so of our of our, of our hires. So yeah, that's that's the, the what that's fantastic. And that you know, and that should be saluted. I love like on LinkedIn whenever I see the the new family <laughs> that comes, and it's a family quite often. And I love yeah. seeing you know the full the the, the husband wife kids, um, yeah. and yeah. and it is lives changed. And and I think you should really you know take that as, a, as a, a huge badge of honor to say that I made a big difference. Because one thing that we really treasure here, like it, within TTT, is when someone mm-hmm. becomes a Canadian citizen or becomes a permanent mm-hmm. resident, and mm-hmm. we really celebrate that. And 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 because it is something that's really desirable, and you yeah. get to do it at an, even an earlier stage, a very romantic stage, you know, where mm-hmm. they don't know about the rain that might be here, or they... <laughs> Or any of those things, but but you know, I, I I honestly salute you. So I mean, I bet you that number when you take into you know into into account the, the families and all that is is much higher, and yeah, uh, you know, yeah. which I which I which I think is fantastic. Well, where I, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned the former Soviet Union. Where where originally were you were you born then in that in uh, I was born region? in a city called uh, Krasnoyarsk in Siberia, um, and I left when I was two and a half. Like literally, my mm-hmm. first memory of my life was getting on a, a plane to fly to Moscow and then to Tel Aviv. Um, so leaving, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really live there for too long. I was pretty young. No, left. no, that's yeah. that's not very, yeah. not very memorable. I would, I would imagine it <laughs> two and a half. Uh, I've never been to Siberia, but I do, I do, I do enjoy going to Russia. So uh, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been back, very... been back once. It was always like, do we go to Russia or do we go to Cancun or Maui? So <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> tough California. one. It's... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, plus, plus, it's hard to get into Siberia. Like, just just in terms of, da- it takes a long time to fly there yeah. compared to, you know. Yeah. Though I guess, you know, I guess when you're in Europe, though, that might have been easier. What, what can you tell me more about this experience of where you were in Europe? Yeah, for sure. So, um, one kind of vital turning point at, 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 with us at Hack like was when we got into a program called Startup Chile. Um, so, and then I'll get to Europe, but we, we went to mm-hmm. Europe via Chile. So, um, it's, we, it's we the right there. direction. <laughs> Well, kind of. Um, yeah. So, 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 um, there, there, there I, I mean, I think it still exists. Uh, and you know, who knows with, with COVID, etc. But um, there's there's a program uh, from the government of, Ch- of Chile where you get about forty thousand Canadian dollars equity free um, to live in Chile. So it's a pretty sweet deal for, especially for early stage startup. Um, it was at the time it was, I was the only person working full time and. I was like living, uh, working out of my my home, and literally my office was an ironing board. So it was like very basic, kind of like daily grind. And and it, so I wanted to get out and, and kind of be around entrepreneurs, and also, of course, getting the funding was was desirable. And plus, you get to live in Chile, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool. So so um, yeah, my my, my co-founder, my, my um, and I, my my, my wife. I uh, got to to go down there and, and live there for six months, and and um, one of the people who was an alumni of Startup Chile uh, was was kind of came back and visited and gave a talk about his experience, and he happened to got, get uh, be also um, have gotten into Start uh, TechStars Berlin, um, mm-hmm. so um, him and I chatted, and and he was from the U.S. and not from Canada, so kind of had that in common, etc. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, like, are you guys looking to raise money?" I was like, "Well, you know." 100k or 200k would be nice and something like that and he's like okay well let me introduce you to the md of, of techstars berlin and he did that intro and we had a call and i totally didn't think we were going to get in because like the md was uh ex-military guy and on our call he literally like 
had no emotion at all. <laughs> it was just like very stone faced. Trying to read the room. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I it, it was like a ten minute call. Like it was very short. Um, and then like we did application and stuff like that. Uh, that 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 was a little longer. But it made sense for us to go to Germany and to Europe in general because at the time it was really hard to bring developers to Canada. This was twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. And the, the global talent stream visa, which is the one like that, the fast track visa for developers that came out mid twenty seventeen. So actually, we were interviewing in twenty sixteen and, and moved to Germany in January of twenty seventeen, um, basically directly from Chile. And uh, yeah, that was an it was an incredible experience. We ended up staying uh, in Europe for not not three months or so the program or four months was supposed to be, but for like a year and a half because from Germany we went to a, did another program in Luxembourg. Um, mm-hmm. So so we did like three of these programs back to back to back. Um, and that helped us like get European customers like Zolando and Home24 and Booking.com um, and, and many other startups. Um, and and honestly, just like living in Europe with my wife was fantastic. Like we had to travel nice. to, yeah, to Stockholm and to Amsterdam and to London and Ireland, mm-hmm. Dublin, et cetera, et cetera, Malta. Um, so that, that was cool. Like we just had a baby now. So I'm like reminiscing on those Congratulations. times. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So, you got yeah, to no, do it when you can. <laughs> yeah. So it's a new adventure now, but like, yeah, back then this was awesome. Um, Paris, etc. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, and and also for the business point point of view, like Europe, I think is a very it's not a market that Canadian companies think about a lot. I think we're very much like let's go to the U.S. Of course, like the world's mm-hmm. biggest uh, economy, um, and and that's a great market too. But but Europe has a thriving tech scene, so much going on, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great place to do business, especially Germany and the Netherlands. Like uh, they're really really great to work with. Um, so yeah, I had a, I had a blast and. Uh, the accelerator program also, you know, connected us to a bunch of different mentors and, and like we were very engaged in that, in that scene. Um, yeah, it was, was a great time. Fantastic. Yeah. And Europe can be very welcoming too for, for, for this. And also, you know, you're expanding, you're expanding your business. So how much, how much now would you say is, is you're, you're sending, well, I don't want to say sending people to Canada, but like you're, you're the, the exit point, mm-hmm. I guess, um, is Europe and how much is it North America? Uh, percentage-wise, oh, yeah, roughly? 70-30, I would say. It's 30% Europe, 70% Canada. So Canada is still mm-hmm. like a large part of our, our, of our uh, relocations. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're actually growing and like, you know, hiring salespeople and growing in Europe. Um, so, yeah, we see that as a, it's, it's a little bit more of a competitive market, to be honest. Like, there's just so many recruiting uh, platforms out in, 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 in Europe and also the kind mm-hmm. of concept of relocation is not unique and like hiring beyond borders in Europe. Like, of course, we you know where Germans will hire French people. Like they're just across the street, right? Like, or you know, mm-hmm. pretty much compared to Canada, like so far away uh, to get to the next country other than the U S. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but, but no, the, the market's still very, very large there. And there's a huge lack of tech talent. Like I think in Germany, there's five open jobs for every developer. Um, mm-hmm. And the, you know, and, they, and, then, and then I guess on the flip side is that they are more open to international candidates because like they have been so used to hiring people from neighboring EU countries and, and, and uh, you know, Eastern Europe, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, Europe, I think is, is um, a market that we, we um, could be doing better at than we are, to be honest. Yeah. Do you, do you leverage like the CETA or um, deals or any of those, or do they, does that not really fill, no. fit the parameter of your business? Not really. Um, yeah. I um, no. No, I would, I would, I would imagine since it's other, other individuals instead of people that work for you, um, yeah, the flow probably wouldn't really work. Well, well do you, how do you do, tell me this? How do you pre-qualify um, the, the the candidates? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a you know the I guess uh, I just say like if you could find a way to like very very effectively pre-qualify and very very effectively match developers to companies like you you know that's like the I want to say a billion, but it could be worth more than that question, uh, dollar mm-hmm. question. 
Um, so, and, and, and that is to say that like, we're, we're still in evolution and something we're always trying to improve. Um, mm -hmm. but the way we do it now is, uh, we have a, uh, English test that the candidates do on our platform. Uh, and then we have a third party English school verify those tests. Uh, mm -hmm. after that, um, we have a coding test that they do, um, again, on a third party platform. So it's unbiased. Uh, mm -hmm. and then we have a cultural kind of conversation screening call that we have between our cow recruiters and the, uh, the candidates to make sure that they're the right fit for specific jobs. Uh, and after they pass those those three stages, then then uh, we we share them with employers. Mm. Do you ever, do you ever like after talking to someone like maybe I, I don't know how much you know you you personally engage with 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 any of these uh, um, candidates, but do you ever just look at them and say you know what you're not ready like you're you're not ready to do this yet you know maybe you should focus on this or that or how how do you have that conversation? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I used to do that. Um, I, I don't do it too much myself anymore, but um, we, we do have those conversations uh, often. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who are um, really excited about the opportunity or the, the prospect of living in a great place like Toronto, Berlin, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we do get a lot of candidates signing up to, to the platform. Of course, not everyone is ready. So uh, we try and be as like in you know unemotional or personal about it as possible, but say, hey, you know what, your tech skills aren't there yet, or your English skills aren't there yet, and give them very kind of like simple, like this is this is what you need to improve. And um, mm -hmm. we have candidates and some really exciting, like incredible stories of people who take like one year to study and improve and really dedicate themselves and make a schedule and kind of very like work towards it. Because uh, we did start off with that school, uh, right, the Van Hack Academy. Um, mm -hmm. um, that, that they, they go and they learn English and they learn how to do job interviews. And so we, we really have this mentality of we're not here to kind of say no and see, see you later, but here's some feedback and here's some a way to improve and come back in a few months. And so people can reapply and kind of re-engage after a, a three months. So um, it's, it's you know, we, we like to be as, as, as kind of value add as possible, but it's, mm -hmm. it's never, it's not always an easy conversation. Um, so sometimes people disagree. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we have to balance the marketplace. We can't just be sending unqualified candidates to employers. Then, then all of a sudden, no employer wants to work with us. And then no, exactly. we can't help anyone get hired. So it's, just, it's not good for anyone. So, yeah, um, it's that's how we approach it. Oh, I totally, I totally dig that. No, um, you know, when we were doing research for before chatting with you, I was on on the website, and I was really impressed. I mean, you have a pretty big team, um, you know, on, yeah, on the website, yeah. uh, which is fan fan freaking tastic. And and they're all um, are they're all over the place, basically, or you know, COVID be damned, yeah. <laughs> they're they're kind of yeah. all over the place. Or yeah, we we kind of started as a distributed team, um, almost again by accident. Like, um, and and one thing that you said that I, I in the intro that I kind of was like, hmm, maybe we should change that is is not we're not really based in Vancouver. Um, mm -hmm. Like that's where I happen to live now. Um, I might live somewhere else in the future. Um, but uh, we, we you know we, we have a distributed team with without really an office. I saw Coinbase I think went public and they put in their S one. Um, no, no headquarters. So <laughs> I think it's kind of a trend. Um, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, when when I went to Chile, uh, um, kind of that forced us to be distributed, um, and also we couldn't really afford to have an office <laughs> before uh, before that. Um, so we we just kind of yeah by, by default had a, um, a distributed team, um, mm -hmm. and we found that um, by hiring from from ourselves, you know, we can hire great developers all over the world and great people, and also we need to have recruiters in different countries or to be able to find those talents and kind of promote Van Hack in Nigeria or India or, um, you know, other countries around the world. So, yeah, we, we've been a distributed team since 20, 2015. Um, and now mm -hmm. with everyone going remote, uh, we've also kind of like 
helped and create content around that. I know there's a ton of content out there already, but you know, we added our little advice or kind of our voice to that conversation. Um, um, but it's, it's been, I'm honestly really, really great, um, to, to have that, um, because, you know, there's a lot of, I think, benefits of being in an office, but also, um, I just personally couldn't, couldn't, it's not just, it's not for me and not for like for our team. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I like that. And I think our, our team likes it too. Like we have a, a bot every morning that shares our, our, our values and our team values in Slack. We have six of them. So it kind of rotates to those six. Cool. Um, we say good morning in Slack every day. We have kind of like different, different tools that we use, um, uh, to manage performance and engagement and, and ha- employer happiness, team happy hours, et cetera. But yeah, uh, it's, it's something that, um, we, we really embraced. And I think now like, um, it's, uh, it's something that we just will keep improving as we go. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, what, so scaling, um, I know you're probably looking for, I, I, th- I would imagine COVID makes it challenging. Like it makes a lot of business challenging just with, with, with government closing, but hopefully that'll, that'll, uh, end soon. Have you got scaling plans? How do you scale, uh, to get to 10,000 lives? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, on the relocation side, um, relocations are still happening. People are still able to move. And with COVID, actually, it's kind of been a blessing for us in, in a way. Um, you know, of course, it's it's a terrible thing. And I don't wish that, you know, that, like, like mm-hmm. choose it happening or not, but, but you know, better not because, you know, all the people have been affected. But, you know, the silver lining for us is that people are much more open to hire from anywhere and have employees that they've never met start remotely. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even if those people are in different countries before it used to be much more difficult conversation to be like, Hey, you know, well, there's a great developer out in, you know, Pakistan or, or Japan or whatever. Um, and companies would be like, no way we need to have them to have like the, the visa and they need to be in our office and all these things. So that's really opened up for us now, uh, like the c- customers minds of saying, you know what, I'll, I'll hire that great developer down in, in Peru because it's the same thing if they're in, this, in, in my city or like across the street, we're all remote anyway. Um, so, uh, that's been good for us in terms of scaling. Um, but I think the biggest thing for us is to really automate and optimize that whole candidate and company flow. Um, cause there's so many little things that can e- either like go wrong or be miscommunicated in the hiring process. So things like interview scheduling. So automating that we launched an interview scheduling tool last year, which has been fantastic. We've got like you know, I think six or 700 interviews have been booked through that already. So that's like a lot of manual work that no longer has to be done. And um, just really looking like that's one example, but looking at ways that we can make it so you come to VanHack, you post a job, you get great candidates, you book interviews, and that's all done seamlessly. Um, mm-hmm. And then like you're introduced to our global mobility team, and you know exactly where your developer is and when the relocation is happening, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of tools there. Another thing that we're, we're looking to, to scale is uh, creating a free product. We're going to launch a free applicant tracking system um, that um, anyone can use to manage their, their jobs. So we're going to start competing with the likes of Lever and Greenhouse and these kind of platforms um, cool. and creating something where basically it's our platform that we've built, but giving that away for free for any employer. Um, so they can have unlimited jobs, unlimited candidates, and have all the functionality and power of our current platform as a way of gaining uh, kind of that viral growth or word-of-mouth growth. Um, and, um, yeah, th- those, those are kind of like the main things, I guess. And then I guess the last thing I'll say is uh, we do a lot of hiring fairs and virtual events. So next week we're doing a woman in tech hiring fair with, excuse me, 60, uh, 60 or so employers and 230 candidates, uh, all women who have more than five years' experience, four years' experience in, in software engineering. Um, mm-hmm. which I believe will be the largest women in tech hiring fair 
there is. Um, I, period. I period. Period. Please, that's fit. Yeah. That's period. fantastic. Yeah. Please prove me wrong. If someone listening to this finds a bigger one, like, hey, I'll, I'll happily be proved wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't found one. So yeah, uh, those are kind of some of the ideas we have in terms of scaling. Um, if any investor is listening to this and wants to invest in the company, happy to you know have that conversation too. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we we feel really confident in the business. Like we're we're at a, we're, I think we're in the right place at the right time um, mm-hmm. where we can we can um, like ride this kind of remote first wave uh, or kind of borderless wave that that now has happened because people working across borders is is no longer this kind of scary um, thing. So yeah. Oh, I could, I could, I could not agree more with you. I think, I think the timing is really good for that. Um, well, you know, I've, I've known Keith uh, Ipple for, for years and the guys at Spring Activator, I mean, great group, great guys. Well, I didn't know you were, you were um, associated with them when I, when I read about it. Tell, tell me more about uh, what you do with uh, Keith and team. Yeah. So Keith, if you're listening, thanks for everything. <laughs> I can keep saying that forever. Um, Keith, Keith was my last boss that I ever had. Um, I, I hope that will be true forever because I, I you know, hope that works out and don't have to you know, find something else to do, but um, yeah, that, that was, and also the best job I ever had, cause, um, it, it really was, um, kind of combining of my passion of, of teaching and sell and sales. So I joined Keith, I joined spring, uh, you know, Keith's team, um, and spent a year there running the, uh, what used to be called the kick program. Um, mm-hmm. uh, now, uh, they, they, it's been rebranded and they have different kind of streams, but basically it was like lean startup one oh one was what we were teaching to uh, early stage entrepreneurs who had maybe an idea or some early kind of traction and trying to help them take that to the next level and test that idea and get customer feedback and really start selling and growing. Um, my favorite um, c- kind of student that we had a success case with was not a markets, which is a, uh, used to be called zero, zero waste or zero waste market. Uh, I forget exactly what it used to be called, but now it's called Nada. It's a grocery store um, that uh, doesn't have any waste. So it's a waste-free grocery store. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they're doing pretty well. Um, I think they have a, a store, like a physical location open now. And yeah. So Brianne, uh, was, was one of our students and, and also comes company called Faber, which is a marketplace for, um, construction workers. But basically mm-hmm. we, we taught this course. So I was responsible for sales, like to bring in the students and then, uh, and then also for, for teaching, uh, and kind of like helping facilitate the course. And we had, um, some really great, um, you know, guest, guest lecturers like, uh, Kenshi from a thinking ape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a bunch of others that I'm blanking on right now. Um, <laughs> but it, it, but the, 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 the really the good part about it was that Keith knew about Van Hack and he was very, very supportive. Like he, um, I had previously worked at another company at another job that I, you know, won't mention here, but it was not a good place to work. And um, they, they kind of were like, Hey, you're, we think you're doing this startup off the side of your desk and we're not happy with that and stuff. And um, so one of the reasons why I left that company and, mm-hmm. and with, with, with spring, um, you know, it, it was very much had the room to, um, you know, connect even the Van Hack community with the Spring community. But then that was really cool because there's the entrepreneurs on one side who are looking for developers, and then there's all these developers who are looking for jobs. So that was kind of a little bit of a sandbox that I got to to work with and and um, make some of the first connections that we had. Um, left stuff, uh, which is now I believe, oh, what's oh, what's Bernadette's company? Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. Um, story Story Tap, right? And mm-hmm. they also went through TechStars, and, and so yeah, th- those kind of companies. My best helper, which is now Care Team, also was in part of the co-working space. So yep. a really, really great ecosystem of people, um, and uh, yeah, just generally like very like treasure. It was kind of my first entry into the Vancouver startup scene, I guess. Well, that's a pretty. It's a pretty good one to jump into, and 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 I'm glad that you had the ability to find, you know. Th- <sighs> 
synergies as opposed to being yeah. told no you should recognize or at least they should have recognized and i guess it's their loss now um that you know there's ability to create more mass together if you can create mm -hmm. something that uh you know is positive so i i'm i'm glad you got that and you know what i'm also glad the way you put it you don't work for the man anymore i don't know if you can see my air quotes but i yeah, love when well, people come to you know come to us to say that they've got a project they want to make and it's like you know are you telling me you don't want to work for the man anymore? And everyone, goes, oh, that's exactly what it is. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, well, you know what, you've, in 2009, which is a couple of years ago now, you, uh, mm. you created an organization called Mountains for Moms. What mm. is that all about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aaron really did his research, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, that was back at Cornell. Um, uh, I, I was uh, in, in, interning at a, um, a, a company in Australia, in Sydney, um, and uh, having a, a kind of a, one of those bored at work moments where I had some time, which was Googling around. Um, and I was also thinking of ways to spend a, a, a grant that I got from Cornell. It was a $4,000 grant that I could use <laughs> towards travel or volunteer work abroad. Um, and so I was like, what am I going to do with this, uh, this huge opportunity that I got? Uh, it was cause I worked on and, and swam and did a bunch of volunteer stuff. So they, they kind of like gave this, it's a yeah, really great program they have anyway. Um, so I had this, uh, this, this, uh, opportunity and, um, I had read about a, a Cornell alumni named Seth Cochran who had uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and raised money for cleft lip surgery. Um, mm -hmm. and I thought that was super cool. So I emailed him and saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm a Cornell student. I have this, this grant. I want to go to Kilimanjaro and do fundraising climb like you did, like that's really inspiring. And he emailed me back like right away saying, hey, you know what, like that sounds a great idea, but actually you should do this for my charity because after spending time in, in Tanzania, I I realized that there was another problem that like kind of is, is you know, not as well known as cleft lip called uh, obstetric fistula. And uh, what that is, is a condition that occurs during childbirth where um, man, so this is one of those things that I said a hundred times back in 2009. So saying it again, it's like, it's really cool. Um, <laughs> I'm taking you back. <laughs> yeah, no, good times in college, right? Um, so, uh, I, I had, um, um, you know, to, to, uh, so, so this condition uh, makes it to a woman's incontinence. And usually what happens is, uh, they kind of get extra communicated or like shunned or mm -hmm. just basically like they can't control their bowels and they're usually mm -hmm. in their early I you know early twenties and young and and it's a big problem. So uh, and it can be fixed by like a quick two hundred fifty dollars surgery that takes an hour to do. Uh, there just isn't enough funding or resources available. Um, anyway, so that's what he was uh, working on, and um, I we decided to raise money for him. That's why it's called Mountains for Moms. Uh, you know, moms for mm -hmm. women. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it it was kind of a my one of my first entrepreneurial experiences. Even though it was a nonprofit, it was like raising money for charity. But I still had to like recruit the team. So I recruited thirteen other students, raise money for for us to be able to actually pay to go to Kilimanjaro. And the way that we mm -hmm. did that, we were kind of very strategic about it. So we said anything that we sell to you, we'll use those monies. Like if you buy a brownie at our bake sale, we had a date auction, and I think we did a few other things. Um, we'll we'll use that money to. Um, to, to pay for our travel, but any money you donate, will go hundred percent to charity. So that's kind of how we did that. And then, yeah, it was a really exciting experience to actually go to Africa. I'd never been there before. Um, basically at like age, I think I was what, 20, 19, 20, uh, leading a team of like 13, basically strangers up a mountain for seven days. That was really, uh, <laughs> uh, like there was a lot of infighting and, and, you know, college <laughs> students, <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. Um, so like learning and then learning how to deal with, with adversity and as maybe like uh, one of our team members, like went down the first day and just like completely checked out and basically quit and, and like was very upset. So like dealing with disgruntled employees, right. Mm -hmm. So these kind of things that, uh, <laughs> you learn, um, and, and then like getting to the top of the mountain, which was really, really cool. And, and, um, 
Yeah, and then and then I believe we raised um, I think it was like eight thousand or ten thousand dollars or something Fantastic. like that. And then and then after that, like other schools read about this, and and other people from Cornell read about it. And so we had uh, people kind of replicate the program, and I think three or four other clients happened because of that. And a total uh, raised I think fifty or sixty thousand dollars for for the charity. And um, yeah, it was one of those really like random things that I kind of got into, but I really enjoyed. And um, yeah, got to go to Africa, which was awesome. And then mm-hmm. um, you know. That, that also allowed me to kind of like when I was doing jobs, uh, interviews at jobs my senior year, um, I would always bring that up. And it was definitely something different rather than like, you know, I got 99% of my finance exam. This was a little bit more sure. real world. So um, I think that helped. Um, I know that helped me get my first job for sure. Well, that's that that honestly, that's an amazing story. And 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 you know what, planting the seeds for the next gen, which is kind of like what we're trying to do here. Uh same, mm. same sort of same sort of idea. I mean, I I I I honestly I love that. And uh so is that the first time you've climbed a mountain as well, or is that uh yeah, I guess so. Like it's one of the seven summits, it's the highest Tetan peak in Africa, and it's yep. like the first time actually. And and honestly, Kilimanjaro is not like that hard compared to like, no. I don't know, K2 or Everest or um, I know there's a few others, um, like mm-hmm. the ones in Colorado, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. I had done the grass grind before, so maybe that yeah. counts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. And Af- I mean, I, I've, I've done a bunch of traveling in Africa too. It's an eye opener. Like it's a very, very different world. Did you just go into Tanzania or did you get to uh, see a couple of other ones as well? Um, yeah, we, we were just in Tanzania. So we went first mm-hmm. into Dar es Salaam and spent like a day or two there. And then we went nice. to, uh, to Arusha, which is the, the kind of the, the village or town close to Kilimanjaro. And then the, mm-hmm. the kind of the best part of the, of the trip was after the climb. We went to uh, Nagoro Nagoro Crater, which was like this beautiful crater in, in Tanzania where mm-hmm. basically like, people say it's the birthplace of civilization because it's it's like this crater with all these you know lions and literally lions and elephants mm-hmm. and giraffes and like wild you know, zebras in this way to safari and then we went to zanzibar which was really cool it's like an island that had a lot of really different influences because they had like arabic mm-hmm. influence and portuguese India. influence and and and, yeah, and, and mm-hmm. yeah and then of course africa so it was all kind of mixed and beautiful place so so yeah we, we did a little bit of travel there but not um i, I have i haven't been to other parts of um of africa otherwise yeah well it sounds it sounds like you've seen pretty much most of the world uh so you know i'm gonna i'm gonna ask one one last question and i'm, I'm gonna take vancouver out of this because you clearly you know you're, you're like me we go to other places but we still seem to come back here at one point to live um mm. of all the places that you've visited where where's the one place that you would want to live um yeah, I think it'd be Brazil because that's like for the family, um, yeah. right? So like my wife and my, my son, like very connected there. So so it'd be, mm-hmm. it would be there. Um, yeah, yeah. So it'd be Brazil. I, I dig that. You know what? Because Korea is the same for me. It's not really, I wouldn't call it my favorite place on earth compared to other places. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, and not saying that Brazil isn't because Brazil is great, but it's all about family. So I I, I totally dig that. And to have, have yeah. everyone connected. Yeah, but, yeah, but they're like... You know, Milan and Portugal, or like Lisbon, and, and uh, also are on that list. Not, not so bad. Well, I think I think I bumped into you in in Barcelona, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I'm Pretty sure I was. It was in yeah. Barcelona with you. So <laughs> it was so cold. I know. I didn't even bring a jacket. Really, so it was one of those. What is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, super. Well, hey, Ilya, thanks so much for spending the time today with us and and for sharing the journey. And and honestly, I can't wait to see the next one hundred thousand pictures on LinkedIn of all those all those happy families you know where you made a huge difference and an impact in their lives um and you know just made the world a better place so i I congratulate you and your team and and you know cheer you on in your mission and uh just keep at it 
Yeah, no, my, my pleasure, Chris. Um, I think, you know, Van Hack and Van Hacks are a great combination. So anytime we can chat and, and, and um, you know, share, share some knowledge is fun. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate all the time as well. Thank you. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast focusing on the business of technology in Canada. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we'd love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at ttt, that's three T's, dot studio, S-T-U-D-I-O. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us on social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.